when i started watching that match i thought chelsea's kit was the most was the worst thing that i am seeing on in the, on the television screen but then came their defending i mean in the first half horrendous horrendous defending i i, I mean i don't know what were they doing they changed their goalkeeper but still yeah it, it was still not working and uh, the, the next thing i didn't see the logic of handing that captain's armband to thiago silva who was playing just one just a debutant in the premier league he has never played in the premier league he's just doing a debut and he was handed over the captain's armband and i don't think he did very well do you i mean it's a brave move from thiago silva i mean coming in the premier league which is so fast paced at the age of 35 you know he has created yeah. a legacy at psg and with the brazilian football team but coming to the premier league coming to this young chelsea squad with frank lampard as the manager is a brave move and i think chelsea yeah. with all the signings they have made it seems like their homegrown players Callum Hudson-Odoi, Mason Mount and Danny Gabriel who were the goal scorers really put them out of their misery by equalizing in the 90 plus third minute it seems like the homegrown players really have upped the momentum yeah it seems it seems like so in the second half they come, came really rejuvenated and uh, frank lampard i must say frank lampard must have had a really really very good team talk at the at the end of half time and you you are right about thiago silva i think he has to he, he has to consider uh, he has to adapt very quickly to the fact that this is not the farmers league this is the premier league we are talking about and here no matter how big player you are just one slip up and your team is going to be penalized for it so let's let's just hope thiago silva better on it and uh, uh, moving forward chelsea will do good lack of lack of leadership qualities in the chelsea players that a person debut was giving the chelsea armband i mean it is exactly. unheard of exactly and more than leadership i saw the lack of communication i mean thiago silva i don't think he even knows how to speak english uh, i mean he's a brazilian he knows portuguese he has been playing in france he knows french and he is standing alongside a fellow center half who is a danish and a right back who's an englishman and a left back who's a spaniard i, I don't know how he was communicating with all those all those three people i don't know he's he's speaking he speaks english or not but that's what was uh, was one reason i mean this is just for a joke but that could be one reason there was a lot of communication gap between uh, in the back uh, in the first half and, and that's what cost them for the goal if i'm not mistaken yeah exactly it was it was uh, lack of communication was a big problem there i mean they could have uh, easily given uh, uh, that's why that's why my first point again uh, why to give uh, the captain's armband to a debutant Yes, Thiago Silva is a very good player. He's a very experienced player. But hey, what about a player who has played 150 matches for you, and he performs exceptionally well every week in week out? And Golo Conte, what about him? You can yeah. ha- have given him the captain's armband, and he could have led from the front. But then again, though, like a leader, he seems like a very quiet person in real life, you know. And yeah, but yeah. that's the thing but uh, you never know what to expect from anyone well going to the next match it was to from syria a inter versus fiorentina well said you remember yesterday we were talking about uh, uh, we were talking offline about inter giving juventus a run for their money this season well seems that's like seems like fiorentina gave them a run for their money 
loyalty not and why not they had they had the experience and the skill set of the man himself frank ribery this time uh, i mean that that guy was bossing the left flank yesterday he was their creator in chief i mean he looks completely rejuvenated i mean some people question is frank ribery's move to move in his late 30s from bayern to florentina but he clearly has something to give yeah. even at this old right age and he's really that he really played well in the match and really like you said forced the left wing and even though he played great and the florentina was competitive i think inter deserved their victory at the end yeah inter deserved their victory unlike chelsea i would say and uh, 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 unlike all the very good performance put in by fiorentina uh, inter is a very very strong side i mean uh, when when you have a side in which alexis sanchez come in or, uh, as a substitute i mean uh, you 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 have got to do well oh, against well, a side like united fans <laughs> exactly okay right then so you are match up of borussia dortmund versus oxford i mean borussia losing 2-0 what i i don't have to say anything that hurts a lot i mean uh, i don't know what was happening on the field yesterday all the young players uh, it it seems like the manager is not uh, is not ready to play in the f- uh, first half of the season not playing the all the experienced players he's just putting on the young young lads on their uh, on there and it, it is not uh, seeming to work uh, it doesn't seem to work in uh, this match at all uh, augsburg were completely over them uh, they were not letting uh, all uh, any young guy uh, the jude bellingham or uh, the uh, the young uh, us international drena uh, any one of them enter their midfield or penetrate their midfield uh, so yeah there was uh, some slip ups but i hope uh, with uh, the, the 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 experienced guys coming into the first team uh, it will create some uh, some uh, some uh, importance to the midfield it will give some importance to the midfield and hope uh, they will do well but yes yesterday's match was really one to forget for them Right then, let's let's move to our next segment, which is where we'll review the matches happening today, Sunday, and tomorrow. Right then, Devish, let's move on to our first match, which is Tottenham versus Newcastle. I mean, Jose Mourinho, for yeah. all of his achievements in the past, cannot be still, in my opinion, be called the best manager in the world. We saw the results even last year. I mean, theoretically, he did let Tottenham from 14th place to 6th place into the Europa League. but i still think his way of football his way of thinking is outdated i really think he needs to update himself with the new happenings in football and it seems like he has these past his best i mean even with all the poor signings that he has made joe hart i don't know what he was thinking i mean the guy is a legend in a manchester city shirt but still i don't know what he is thinking yeah. here his past his prime hugo lloris is still there then here emil boyerberg is an interesting signing matt doherty a good option at full backs then of course the huge attention generating signing of gareth bale i mean yes the guy is one of the best players in the world on his day but with his injury record and even his off field playing golf i mean i i i think you remember last year when he played the football Uh, exactly. The flag where he said Wales football Madrid. So I mean, it really speaks yeah. of his prioritizing foot, maybe golf or football. So do you think he should enter the Masters Open in golf rather than playing Tottenham? 
<laughs> well, that will be the big question. I don't think he will play today. I, I, I have high doubts he will play today. I think he's serving still his quarantine period. He might be serving. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it, it, it's not long. It's not long uh, when Tottenham will be seeing uh, him enter the White Hart Lane and he will be playing. He will be playing on the number nine position. I don't know what position he'll be playing in. Uh, maybe right wing or something. But yeah, he will make the difference. But hey, who cares? I mean, what happened in the last week? I don't think what happened in the last week in the last match with Tottenham. I don't think they even need Gareth Bale. I mean, last match was a Kane and Son parody going on. That's at a point, at a point, I thought. Four assists by Harry. Yeah, and Rosemary. Exactly, and at a, at a point I thought there were no other players on the field other than Kane and Son for Tottenham. I, I mean, Harry Kane providing four assists to Hume and Son and one scoring one himself. Uh, he has transformed. I have not seen him said uh, like uh, playing like this ever. I mean, he is a pure striker. He's a pure number nine. He's an excellent poacher. He's a very good finisher. But in that match, he was drifting down the flank. In the in the midfield, he was going to the right wing, and he was providing the balls to Hume Minson, who was finishing it. I mean, I have seen him for the first time in this uh, in this role. I mean, we have seen some great trios in football: Messi, Neymar, Suarez, Bale, Benzema, Ronaldo. Do you think that this new trio of Son, Kane, and Gareth Bale can do any magic in the Premier League and lead Tottenham to some silverware? Because they they last won the League Cup in 2008 season. It's been 12 years. They have moved into a new stadium. They have recruited what, according to them, is the best manager in the world. They have recruited some great players. It seems high time right. that Tottenham deliver some trophies. It is high time. And I don't know about uh, what will happen when uh, uh, Gareth Bale combines with Hume Son and Harry Kane. But the duo is doing fantastic at the moment. In fact, the duo of Kane and Son is, since the start of 2015-16 season, this pair has combined for more Premier League goals than any other duo in the competition. So this is doing very exceptionally well. Uh, Gareth Bale combined, if he is able to combine with these two, I mean, he, he will just do wonders. I, I, I believe he can do wonders. Uh, put aside his injury problems. If they are not persistent, then he can really bring Tottenham to the brink of winning the league. Well, uh, I would say. It will be really interesting to see Tottenham play with Gareth Bale, though, whatever you say. Right then, let's Very go to our next picture. Manchester City taking on the Foxes, Leicester City. I mean, Pep Guardiola hasn't managed yeah. for this long time at any club. He was at Barcelona for four years. He was at Bayern for, for three years. But he's now starting his fifth season in Manchester City. It will be really interesting to see how Pep Guardiola adapts because the type of football he plays, the tactics he used. The football is very demanding and it will be really interesting to see if Manchester City can continue their run of matches. They have to continue their run of matches and uh, the, the most important thing for Pep Guardiola is to adapt to the style of playing that is going on right now. I mean, Liverpool, the way Liverpool is playing, they are playing fast-paced football. They have to match that fast pace of Liverpool. Uh, I mean, Guardiola has to do something because uh, just uh, playing like this, uh, li like they did in the last season, that's not going to do. The Carabao Cup that happened last time, uh, uh, the last match they had against, uh, I think, Southampton. 
Burnmouth, AFC Burnmouth. Uh, they had a few slip-ups. They were playing just a kind of slowish football, but that has been Pep Guardiola's style. But he has to understand that all the Premier League sides are now adapting to that fast-paced football, and he has to adapt to that fast pace also. But speaking of the fact, we have a big problem at hand at Manchester City. Who will be the striker? Uh, I mean, uh, you, you they don't have a striker, pure striker right now. Will it be Raheem Sterling? Will it be, uh, I mean, Raheem Sterling is the only feasible uh, option right now. What do you think? Hello. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, so where were we? Okay. What do you think of Leicester? I mean, they did finish fifth last season, just below the European, the Champions League spots. It seems like they have made a couple of signings, but they sold their fullback Ben Chilwell to Chelsea. Ah. He was a very important cog in their machinery, and Brendan Rodgers, of course. When he came to Leicester, he was winning matches back-to-back. But after the pandemic, the matches and the winning run stopped. And at the end, they really suffered from all their injuries. Jamie Vardy, of course, was a golden boot. He played brilliantly. At the age of 33, he's defying his age. And to become a Premier League golden boot winner at the age of 33 is no mean feat. Exactly. And they are a fighting squad. They are a fighting squad, uh, Leicester City. They can, they can uh, uh, pull down any, any biggest team in the Premier League at, at the day. I mean, uh, uh, they can, uh, uh, th- that's the reason why they are so dangerous. Uh, Jamie Wardy and uh, Jamie Wardy is at his best right now. Uh, he, can, he can do devastation. And uh, also one thing that Brendan Rodgers uh, is looking uh, Quite uh, is looking quite clear in his mentality this time. It looks as if he is there. He is ready to make his team finish in the top planks. Uh, but let's see. Uh, when talking about Leicester, uh, we were talking yesterday about Everton. That how good Everton are playing. How they play players are enjoying the game, and how Carlo Ancelotti has brought a flow to the game. Do you think that this Everton team? Will be able uh, to replicate Leicester of 2016. I mean, they have had a good start, three matches, three victories. But I still think that they, the Leicester, was still a bit of exception. I think there are great teams like Liverpool, Manchester City, who won't let go of the first and second spot this season. They have started good, but I think they should keep their loans, yeah. their aim a bit higher, and should 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 direct their energies towards the European spots till fourth. And I mean, they're a good team. No one's saying they have a great manager in Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, but exactly. it will be really interesting to see how they play against the big six. Big six. Right then, let's move on to our next picture. Juventus versus Roma. Exactly. Juventus starting their Serie A title exactly. defense against their Roman counterparts. It will be really interesting to see how Andrea Pirlo, who was a legend in the Italian game, will be starting his... His his second match, I think, in charge of the Juventus. It will be really interesting to see how 
Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. will play in his system. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the speaking of Andre Pirlo in Juventus, in the first match there were some slip-ups. Uh, they were uh, at a, at a point they were finding it uh, difficult to score against Sampdoria, but then again. I mean, uh, they, they uh, Juventus always finds a way. Juventus always finds a way, and they ended up three nil. Uh, I think Carl, uh, I, I think Andre Pirlo is following the same same flow, same mentality, same attacking football that uh, that uh, the previous manager wanted uh, wanted Juventus to follow. But uh, in uh, in Andre Pirlo, uh, Pirlo's uh, reign, what is different is. the players are actually able to follow what his vision is and he is able to imbibe his vision into the players and that's why they are looking free flowing players uh, i think uh, i think andre pello is a good addition to the squad he has signed alvaro morata to the team he has played alongside him he knows the striker uh, i think alvaro morata will uh, bring a good speed to the team he his striking abilities are good just on the day when he is going uh he can do devastation and alongside cristiano ronaldo who's he, who he has already played with uh i think they can be they, they can be a good side and uh, roma roma is always a a very tough side in serie a to beat uh roma that, this, this will be a cracking contest i would say they are signed by from chelsea and all, are also looking to sign uh, chris molling from manchester united yeah. i mean it's a bit still early to make judgments on andrea pirlo's yeah. coaching career but I mean, for Juventus fans, they will be hoping that he turns out like Pep Guardiola turned out for Team Barcelona. It will be really interesting. I mean, Juventus have been winning league titles by the little finger of their left hand, but it will be really interesting to see what they can do in the Champions yeah. League because, like all the other big teams like PSG, like Manchester City, even Juventus have not won a single Champions League from 1996, which is in my opinion a huge gap in their exactly. honors board in their club they will be looking for it i mean they lost last year to leon they lost the year before to ajax they brought they literally brought cristiano ronaldo only to win champions league and i mean he has held up his end of bargain he has scored yeah. in the big games he has scored in the knockouts he literally dragged them through in the match against atletico Two years ago, he even scored a couple of goals against Leon. But it will be really interesting if they can succeed in the Champions League, which is their ultimate aim. Yeah, Champions League football is the ultimate aim for any any side. And I mean, uh, uh, the the last season again when they went out to uh, to Leon. I mean, that was again the the fault that uh, Sari brought to the side. uh the football is very fast paced and leon's football was too fast for juventus side to handle they were uh, they were just holding up the ball at at uh, at some uh, points i mean uh, that was the fault i saw in their game and that's why they were not able to score uh gonzalo higuain obviously having some slip ups but then again you got to have a free flowing football in today's time to win a competition like, like a champions league so I think I I hope Juventus uh, Andre Pirlo brings that to Juventus and he, let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. Diego Simeone. Let's go to La Liga and see what's happening there. Atletico taking on Tafe. I mean Atletico with Diego yeah. Simeone at the helm last won their La Liga title in 2014 season. They did win the Europa League couple of seasons ago. 
mean, I think, in my opinion, Diego Simeone's style, his way of playing is outdated. I think, yes, Atletico did have great success. They reached a couple of Champions League finals. They won a couple of Europa Leagues. But even last year or the year before, they did beat Liverpool. But in my opinion, they didn't look convincing. Diego Simeone had signed Luis Suarez. I mean, I don't know what the opposition defenders will do against Diego Costa and Luis Suarez if they play together. But it will be really interesting to see how Luis Suarez adapts yeah. because I don't think he is someone who can play in Diego Simeone's system where, I mean, they usually play in counter-attacking. They, they defend deep. They, they are very good in transitions. But I don't think Luis Suarez can play that role because he's not that quick. He's 33. So he can't play behind the behind the center backs. It will be really interesting to see how Atletico adapt their play. I mean, Diogo Simeone was the highest paid manager with forty-one million dollars per year. But I think that his football is outdated. Too much outdated. But then again, with Luis Suarez and Diogo Costa together in your side, you can cause havoc to the opposition defenders and goalkeepers. And uh, for today's match, talking about today's match, I think uh, they're going to cruise past to victory since Atletico Madrid are literally unbeaten in their opening La Liga game in the last 10 seasons. So uh, Granada should not be a big problem. But yes, you're right. For the rest of the season, uh, the uh, the kind of football that Diego Simeone is playing, I think he should adapt. And now with the players like Joao Felix, uh, he has that speed, he has that pace in his lineup. He has to use it. And it's better that uh, it's high time that he has to use it. If he uses it, uh, they they can win the league. They can win the league this time. I am uh, I am really tilted uh, towards him to win uh, to win the league. <laughs> So, speaking of Barcelona, let's go to our first matchup, first match day for Barcelona. They are taking on Olympiad. It will be really interesting to see yeah. how Barcelona play under the new coach. for Ronald Koeman as manager in charge for Barcelona and it is a good game for him uh, it's Villarreal uh, I mean uh, it's a uh, it's a lucky game for them Barcelona have avoided defeat in their last 22 La Liga games against Villarreal 16 wins and 6 draws uh, since 2018 I mean the last defeat they had was uh, uh, in 2008 uh, so uh, it is a good start it will be a good start for Ronald Koeman I am uh, I'm completely tilted towards Barcelona to win this one. And we have to see uh, how Ronald Koeman, the Dutch manager, is going to manage this side, how he is going to uh, how he's going to shape this side and how he's going to shape the football around Lionel Messi. Uh, obviously, when you have Lionel Messi in your side, you have got to do good as a manager. But then again, uh, we have to see when uh, we have to see in those games when he Lionel Messi is rested, and then we'll see how Ronald Koeman uh, goes with the team. Uh, those matches will be, I would say, important for Barcelona. He clearly expressed his desire to leave the club uh, in the in the preseason. Do you think his performance will be affected in any way by his decision to leave the football club, or is 
too professional to have any impact on his performance. I don't think his performance will be affected by any way uh, because he. Uh, I I I just have a feeling that uh, next year might he 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 still have to stay uh, with uh, Joseph Bartmeo. Uh, if Joseph Bartmeo leaves the club, I think Lionel Messi will uh, still stay at Barcelona. I think his main purpose was uh, that the team should have a project. that earlier barcelona had a project in their mind and then they used to go with that project uh, and shape the players uh, call the coach shape the team according to that project but now they lack that project they lack that approach that was his point and they bring that approach back into the team then i think messi won't have any problem playing with barcelona he it is his boyhood club i mean uh, why would he leave for anything and uh, they have made good signings they have made good signings antoine griezmann is good uh, as a striker in place of luis suarez uh, i think they can do wonders i think they can do wonders and i don't think messi will be affected by all those speculations of him leaving the club or anything that's happening this is really around. interesting uh, he will be plays. giving a good performance i mean really. as much as tempting it sounds that lionel messi joins yeah. manchester city i mean deep down in all our hearts i think we wish and we hope that he continues to stay at barcelona because i mean if either one of them goes out of the equation then the other loses a lot right right then let let's move on to our next fixture which is bayern versus hoffenheim bayern who have won eight straight bundesliga titles will be aiming to go one higher and do a nine hansi flick i mean i was just looking at his record earlier he has won more trophies than he has lost or drawn games he has won He has won four trophies already in his short footballing career. He has really transformed this team. He brought in Coutinho and Perisic last year, but he had to give both the players back. Do you think that this Bayern team have the enough depth in their squad to continue their winning ways? They have a lot of firepower, but what I thought in the last Super Cup final game against Sevilla, they lacked one guy. uh they lacked one guy they really missed him that was thiago alcantara uh that they gave away to liverpool i think that that was a move that can make them slip up not in bundesliga but surely for sure in the champions league this time i think i mean they actually lacked that uh, control in the midfield that thiago brought and uh but but then again it's bayern and they have that pace in their side they have that free flow in their side hansi flick has done an exceptional job uh, uh shaping this team uh in the second half last is uh, from the second half last season and i think they uh, they will be untouchable in bundesliga uh, what will be interesting to see how they shape up in this year's champions league that's what i am interesting to see but uh, as far as bundesliga is concerned i don't have any doubts that uh, bayern will Uh, are surely going to retain their title this right, time. Then let's speaking of Thiago Alcantara, let's move on to the biggest match day in my opinion of the weekend with Liverpool taking on Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal have had a yeah, little bit of a renaissance of under Mikel Arteta. He has made them more energetic, more tactically vibrant. It seems like Aubameyang, Aubameyang is scoring goals for fun. They have made some good defense defensive signing in Gabriel and William Saliba. they have a great front three in my opinion with nicolas pepe alexander lacazette and pierre emerick aubameyang and them taking on liverpool who beat chelsea last weekend 2-0 and with thiago alcantara and diego jota they seem ready to mount a t- uh, title defense 
Yeah, and Arsenal are looking to win their opening three games to a Premier League season for the first time since 2004 and 2005 campaign when they won the first five since Jurgen Klopp's first Premier League game in charge of Liverpool. Only Manchester City is the team that has scored more goals against a side that than his Liverpool team has versus Arsenal, uh, which which was 27. And Liverpool... Uh, and uh, speaking of the fact, this is a home game for Liverpool, and Liverpool are unbeaten in their last 60 Premier League league games in the uh, home fixture. So uh, I I, th- I believe this is also going to go down as a victory for Liverpool or as a tie. But then again, speaking of uh, Michael Arteta, he has provided that angle to Arsenal which they were lacking for a long, long time. I mean, since uh, since the departure of the legendary manager uh, Arsene Wenger. Uh, they were searching. They were searching for that one thing which could uh, give them a boost in the season. And last uh, and last year they got it. Uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang was is excellent as a striker. He's excellent as a leader. He leads from the front. And I, I think this season, what I believe in this season, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is going to finish as the Golden Boot winner since he, he has everything. He is a complete striker and. Uh, and he can do that. Uh, I mean, Michael Arteta uh, has done an ex- exceptional job. Let's see if it he continues doing that on Arsenal. So that's my take on Liverpool versus Arsenal. Let's do some free games, shall we? Yeah. Uh, so move on. Let's move on to the next segment. That is free kicks. Taking Go on. The, all the news and events across the footballing world. Manuel Pellegrini has said that it was yeah. too much to beat Real and VAR after Real Madrid beat his team 3-2 in the in their first La Liga encounter after the draw in their first game. Yeah, Sergio Ramos uh, hitting that penalty in uh, the final minute. I, I mean, that was given a handball. Uh, but as you see, uh, VAR is cruel in today's world. The same thing happened with Brighton Hove Albion. You you cannot help it. You cannot simply help it. And uh, uh, it is in the game. Uh, where will you go? Uh, that uh, that is something which you have to adapt to now. So uh, as soon as you adapt, that will be good for you. Right then, let's move on to our second news event. Rennes go to the top of League One after PSG lost their first couple of games and managed to win their third game. It seems like the the brawl that happened after the PSG Marseille game with Neymar going out, injured Maria going yeah. out. It seems like PSG are weakened, and there are some teams like Rennes, like for example Monaco, who can latch on to this opportunity and go to the top of League One. Yeah, and PSG look really frustrated. PSG look are looking really frustrating football they are playing in this season, uh, which is uh, costing them. Is really costing them uh, with their victories. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, Thomas Tuchel uh, was uh, was really confident that he will bring his side the Champions League Cup finally the la- the last season, uh, but he couldn't. Uh, and Neymar was just lucky in the last uh, in the last game that he played that he didn't got uh, a ban for four or five games. But uh, the brawl that happened, that was just insane. And I mean, a PSG have to really uh, calm themselves down, uh, look towards uh, look towards playing one game at a time, and uh, they have to start winning uh, some serious... They have to start playing some serious football now because uh, the road will be very tough. Uh, speaking of uh, the League One, uh, 
Champions League is too far away. Right then, that's the end of our football podcast. Adivish, it was great talking to you. I mean, we have been talking about doing this podcast for a long time, and finally we did it. I'm sure we made many yeah. mistakes. I'm sure there were some errors. So please kindly, we apologize if there was any mistakes. But it was great talking to you, Adivish. Any final thoughts? uh i would say just uh, to all our listeners just uh, give a thumbs up give your suggestions what were the problems or any uh, any uh, slip ups or anything uh, that you would like to add us to add in our segments uh, we would really appreciate and just give a like share to your friends share this podcast and let us know if there are some slip ups and if do you want us to add anything uh Thank you, Sid. I think that was a wonderful first uh, episode of our SND Football Past podcast. Thank you so much.